Now it's with honor that I welcome my next guest, serial entrepreneur, community activist, and rapper Lil Russell out of Vallejo, California. How you doing, my man? Honor, man, honor. Serial entrepreneur, I hear you. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Like I said, I think you, I appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule to see we're here today, my man. And uh, you know, let's let's have an elevated conversation while we got you here. Let's do it. Now, we always start the, the show with these first couple questions, man. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the idea of collaboration of a competition and what they may represent to you, if anything. Uh, man, it, it speaks for itself. You know, like, um, it's funny. I was just telling the homies recently, like, I used to battle rap. And I had stopped because I was telling them, like, I didn't want to have to compete to be relevant. You know, every time, every time I wanted to do something or create, I didn't want to have to compete for my relevance. And that's what collaboration over competition means to me. It's like just being able to be you and do that shit with other people without having to be in competition. You all good. And the second end of that question, man, we always like to, uh, like to ask, do you have any advice on how we can encourage others to come together to collaborate? Because, you know, in our community, it's hard for us to come together and collaborate. The only way to encourage people in general is through demonstration. You collaborate with somebody and do something dope and everybody else will see it and get inspired and want to do the same thing. That's the only way to do anything in, in this world. If you want to inspire somebody to do something, then demonstrate it. Lead by example. Lead to the lake if they want to fish, you know. Uh, but I, I want to, uh, could you speak to the importance of having a strong team? You know, when, when I look at you from the outside looking in, you look like a person that uh, didn't get here alone. You know, it looks like you had, you know, some strong supporters that helped you along the way to get uh, to get to where you are today. I'm wondering, can you speak on the importance of having a strong team and collaborating? Um, extremely. Players can win MVP awards, but teams can win rings. You know, there's a difference. If you want a dynasty and you want to get a ring, you have a great team. You can't win that with just a great player. And it's as simple as that. If you don't have a great team, you're not going to have a good season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always try to preach, man. You know, we talk in basketball. Everybody play their role. You know, everybody play their role to their strengths and their weaknesses. And, you know, we can all bring that together and collaborate on a team level. You know what I'm saying? Championships is the goal. Right. And sometimes there's not even a specific role to be played. Everybody just need to do what we need to do to win, you know? You might not have a role. You Today, it might vary. It might be different from the role that you had in mind. But you got to be willing to do whatever you need done to win. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Now, uh, staying on top of the collaboration, I recently uh, seen you speak on, like, how you haven't done a lot of features with rappers and, you know, in collaboration with other artists. I'm wondering, uh, is there any artists out there that you would like to collaborate with that you haven't had the chance to before? Um... Of course, the Coles and the Drakes and the Kendricks and the Holes and the Nazis, but, um... Outside of that, not really. You know, I don't I don't really I don't have a deep desire to collaborate. You know, when I hear and find things I love, it's like, hey, I love this, can I be a part of it? Or someone to send me something and I love it and I request to be a part of it, but I don't really I don't really seek it. You know, I be I live in my own little bubble. Is there pros and cons to that or you know, is that just you? Um, pros and cons to what? Uh not not collaborating as much as an artist. Um, I think it depends on the person. To me, there's not really, to me, there's pros and collaboration because I get to reach new audiences and I get to work with people I love. Um, there's not really a con to not collaborating. You know, I've, I've made it to where I am without any collaboration, just 
you know, I collaborate with my team on making great content. So everything we do, we still collaborate, and I'm just not going outside of my circle, which, you know, I don't think there's any con to that. You work with whoever you want to work with and feel comfortable with. Facts to, to each his own. Uh, I want to speak on a recent collab that I see you do. So uh, I wanted to, can you speak on the, the recent collaboration uh, on a project called Breakthrough that you did with Intuit? Yeah, yeah. So we did something really dope. I got to um, work with Intuit on a project, basically giving like an undiscovered or upcoming artist an opportunity to be on a song with myself and Tony Romitty, produced by Hokage Simon. And um, it was really dope just seeing everybody put their offers in and the winners. Um, I actually ended up selecting four winners and I split $20,000 between them. I gave them each $5,000 out of my own pocket. And it was just a dope venture and experience for people coming up because, you know, those opportunities aren't always out there. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, man, that, that's a beautiful way to give back and collaborate. Uh, what was it like collaborating with, with a big business company like Intuit? Was that easy or hard? There wasn't any specific level of difficulty associated with it. Um, it was just a learning experience, right? Um, bigger companies who don't do things creatively don't really have the knowledge or the know-how, but sometimes they still want the control, you know, of, of controlling the creative assets and how things are delivered and everything, and everyone wants their brand respected. So it was just new for me. It was a learning experience. I got to get information and insight on how businesses work and, and meet people behind some of these brand names that kind of live faceless at times until, you know, you get into those rooms. So for me, it was a, a great learning experience. Um, I was able to take information from that and go into the next, you know, partnerships with, with just more knowledge and more experience and more of an idea of how I want to do brand partnerships in the future and what works for me. And I'm sure they learned the same. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, that experience you uh, gained through that collaboration will definitely help you in the future as well, working with bigger and better brands. Um, for my next question, I'm wondering, what, what is your favorite city to perform in and why? Uh, I want to say Vallejo, of course, home is, is my most favorite place to perform because it's home. And after that, I got to say um, Houston and Seattle. Houston, um, because, man, it's just, it feels like home. It's so much love. It's so many black people. It's just so much care put into it. The energy is there. It just feels like home. And Seattle is very similar. Like, it's just they the welcoming, the respect, and the reverence they have for artists like myself. It's just beautiful to experience. That, that's dope to see you build fan bases in you know major hub cities like Houston. No, for my next one, I want to get your your top five rappers of all time, dead or alive. Um, I I really don't have a top five. I really uh man, I I enjoy hip hop in abundance, and I don't I don't have a top five. It's very hard to pick one. Uh, Pop is of course up there. Hove, Kendrick, Andre three thousand. Cole, Drake, there, there, there's so many. I don't, I don't really have. I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan of hip hop. Love that. Now uh, you are a veteran in the music game, now, man. Uh, I'm wondering what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in your music career so far. Um, that everything that glitter ain't gold. <laughs> you know, um. Man, anything you want in this game, you have to you have to do it yourself. You know, there's plenty of people who can offer assistance and offer help, but 
no one can ever see what you see in your head. You know, you're the only one with your vision and, um, man, you have to execute it and carry it out yourself, whether someone believes in it or not. Facts, facts. Uh, I, I love that perspective. Now you have been active on social media, quite an active on social media throughout your career. I want to, uh, you know, how do you think social media affects the music industry and how do you use it personally to connect, to connect with your fans? I think it affects the industry completely because it's become like a network. The same way we used to premiere things on BET, MTV, VH1, etc. We now do that through social media. So it's replaced a lot of our networks, a lot of our radio stations, a lot of our, you know, everything that we used to consume the art through, we now consume it through social media for the most part. So it's a very important piece. Um, I use it to just update people on what I'm doing and live my life. You know, I try not to get too strategic with it anymore. You know, I share my moments and my highlights and I share some of my lowlights as well, my downtimes. Um, I just live, you know, I live and I share what I can share of my life that I feel comfortable with and the people who fuck with me fuck with it, you know. You know, that's dope. Uh, I do love how you, you you utilize your, your social media. I feel like you're very direct and transparent with, with, with fans, and I think that allows fans and listeners to be uh, to connect with you more, you know, deeper on, on the music level as well. Definitely, you know, because they're not saying, you know, I'm, I'm pretty direct and transparent with people in general, so that just, that doesn't stop on social media, you know, we try to keep that same, sh I just try to be myself, you know, and we turn the camera on and we capture gold sometimes, and sometimes we capture bronze and silver, but, you know, we caught some. All right, now, I want to kind of move into uh, entrepreneurship, uh, so, you know, you had a viral clip, on, you know, uh, from one of your songs, you know, talking about go get that bag. Now, I'm wondering, do you have any advice for the young kings out there once they finally do get that bag? Man, um, invest in things that get you more bags. You know, spend your money, spend your money on things that make you happy. Spend your paper on things that make you happy as well, but make sure you put some paper into the things that can make you more paper. You know, I see a lot of artists, they'll get big deals, they'll get opportunities, and they don't put it into anything that could bring them money back. So it's very important when you get that bag, take half of that bag and, and you know, put it into some shit that could get you more bags coming in. Never stop investing in yourself. That's the big thing. Every time you get paid, some of that should go into yourself. You know, like I said, pay your niggas and have your fun and splurge, but make sure some of that go back into whatever you're trying to build. Facts. No, I, I, I definitely love that. You know, break down, break down that bag and, and make it multiply. Speak on some of the investments that uh, that you were involved in, or other businesses, ventures that you were invested in, other than the music industry. Um, I invest in tons of things. Uh, myself, most importantly, um, everything I do from from equipment to merchandise. There's a reason our content looks and sounds and feels different, right? I'm heavily invested. Um, uh, but one of my biggest things I invest in is people around me. Um. You know, from clothing lines that I really fuck with, or people uh, tech that I really love. I own a ticketing platform, uh, direct to consumer platforms, um, everything I love. You know, we're doing a, a merch collaboration with a few different artists that I enjoy. Just and then just the people around me. When I have homies around me that are doing things that I love to do, I invest in it. You know, one of my best friends play rugby. I made sure he was able to go do his tryouts in every state. And um and he made the team, you know. So uh, my biggest thing is just investing in the people around me more so than product or anything. 
No, I, I love that, you know, investing in things that, you know, you're interested in, you touch, you know, people, you know, you got a connection with. Exactly. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really, I don't do the stock market games no more as much in the crypto. I don't really play with that no more. I really invest on things that I love and I see and I feel and I touch and I'm a part of. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, staying on this topic of entrepreneurship, uh, I see you speak on ownership and having equity. Uh, speak a lot on, you know, having ownership and having equity or something. Uh, my question is like, do you feel like there is a balance that needs to be had? Because I speak on a lot uh, about how, you know, everybody's not meant to be a boss. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, there still has to be value in the average nine to five worker for everyday life to function for us. You know, when we go, want to go out to eat or go to the gas station. So, you know, we, we talk this boss and this ownership talk, but do you feel like there's a balance that needs to be had, you know, so we can still value the average worker so that everyday, you know, society can function? I don't think you're not a boss if you're an average nine to five worker. I worked a nine to five and I was a boss. When you came down to my department, you came to talk to me to get the job done. So I was still a boss. I think that's the perception. Just because you don't own a company doesn't mean you're not a boss or you're not a leader. You have to take that in your own right. You could be a boss and a leader in anything that you do as long as you put in your grind in and your effort and you're willing and you putting that time in. So, um... You know, I don't I don't think that having an average job a nine to five makes you not a boss. I think that does make you a boss. If you clock in every day and you go get that paper to feed your family, then you a boss. The job the, the goal is to just continue to figure out how you can level up and leverage that. I love that I love that perspective and I think that's some you know the audience definitely needs to hear. Uh, so now being a rapper, you know, who doesn't uh, particularly rap about violence or isn't per se a gangster rapper, I'm wondering uh is being a rapper really the most dangerous job? I had Filthy Rich on the show a couple months ago. You know, he obviously raps about different things than you, and his answer was yes. But I wonder, is being a rapper really the most dangerous job? Because you're a very transparent rapper, you know, obviously holding shows in your backyard. Come on, man. I'm the biggest gangster. <laughs> you know, um, I, um, I don't think it's the most dangerous job. I think uh, I think it depends on what, what you're doing, right? You create the atmosphere. Niggas ain't getting killed because they rappers. Niggas are getting killed because of what they're talking about and what they're doing. That's the misconception. Niggas ain't just out here killing rappers. And that's, that's not how it go. I'm a rapper. Niggas ain't just out here killing rappers, you feel me? It depends on what you putting out and what you sharing. It's niggas who don't rap who get killed, too, for talking and sharing the same shit, you feel me? It doesn't stop. It's not particular to rappers. I love that. Uh, can you speak on being a, a, trans, you know, a transparent rapper? Like, you know, obviously, you know, you hold venues at your house. How is that being a rapper? Is there any, do you have any concern or is it just about, you know, being, being authentically you? No, I don't I don't have many concerns. Um usually if you come into my home or a show of mine, um there's more people here who love me than who hate me. And I understand it only take one nigga to hate you to kill you, but it's like um I just don't kinda navigate or live with that fear, you know. Um I'm gonna live my life regardless of, of who has a liking or a disliking to that and I accept whatever comes with that, you know, and I prepare myself for those things and I'm willing, but um you know, we we moving off love, and anytime any anything adverse to love comes into that environment, it gets handled accordingly. I've heard you speak on how books have helped you grow on your journey of growth. Uh, I wonder, do you have any books that you would recommend for our audience? 
Man, hell yeah, man. If you see back there, my book rack empty. I just moved into a new spot, but my, my new library is fabulous. But, um, man, uh, A Million Thoughts by Um Swami, Battle Cry by Jason Wilson, uh, Karma by Sad Guru, um, man, uh, A New Earth, uh, Power of Now, um, how to make friends, how to win friends and influence people. Do you have a favorite? My favorite? <sighs> I don't. Books to me is like rappers. It's like, you know, you can't, I don't really have a favorite. Um, I just read this book by Rick Rupin. It's called The, uh, actually, I think it's here. Hold on. This is called The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. I was in Barnes and Nobles one day and it was on the front counter and I really fucked with it. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have a favorite book. You know, I enjoy, they're all different and they all access different things for me. You know, having a favorite book is like having a favorite parent. Like, you can't really, it's hard to kind of gaze that. They give you different things. No, I love that perspective, man. It's like, uh, with that perspective, I feel like you're open, you're just able to appreciate everything rather than judging and trying to define and place everything into a, you know, a hierarchy or a ranking. Right, right. I get to enjoy it all because I don't, I don't narrow it down or put it in a hole. You know, you get to enjoy everything. I'm on my third book currently. I've already released two books, man. I get paid every month. We sell books all day, every day, every week, every month. <laughs> let me get the, let me get the name of your, of your first two books, and I apologize on that on my end. Oh, um, my first, my first book was called uh fucking uh the bullshit we tell ourselves. And my second book that I released last year is called Limitless. Okay, I, I would definitely tap into those perks. Uh, you know, you put out so much content. I, I didn't know you dropped a book, man. Yeah, you gotta buy it from me. They're not, they, they're not on Amazon. You gotta come direct to source, man. You can go to goodcompany.co and get your book straight from the source. Uh, what was the best investment that you ever made? Uh, and that could be time, money, or energy. Invested in myself. <laughs> and that, that was all three time money and energy i'm sure uh you know you have a lot of things going on you know with, with the social media success and the music success and everything i'm wondering like how does a person like you handle your manage your mental health um i i just came from a walk you know i take walks throughout the day i'll go jog i'll hoop i hang with the homies i make music i rehearse uh i chill with my daughter um I take mushrooms, I smoke weed, you know, I just, I just, I just do things I enjoy and, 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 uh, it, you know, it's a constant push and pull every day, every day you have to just fight to have a better day than, than the day before. So, um, I don't really have any specific technique. I just kind of live and, and I get through it and I go through it and I get through it, you know? Hey man, I heard in a recent interview, you tried therapy. How's that been going or any update on that? Or did you kind of, you know, just let it go? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had a session in a long time because it was, um, it was like through an app and I really prefer in-person therapy and I just haven't looked for an in-person therapist as of lately, you know, um, but it was cool. It was decent. It's cool. It's just like a, 
It's just like a soundboard. You know, you just have somebody that just opened their ear and you could just dump everything on instead of doing that to your friends. So it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, you know, being that you are direct with your fans, I'm, I'm wondering, like, do you have any message to your fans? I know, I know, uh, you know, your fans are dear to you because they are your supporters. Do you got any message to your fans, you know, directly to your supporters? Um, not really. My life is my message to my fans. You know, if you're following and you witness and you get to experience it, then you get the message every single day. I am living my message. I love that perspective. Keep living so we can continue to hear your message, you know what I'm saying? Because we know that's, you know, you live speak on your experiences helping people. So, you know, toast to more life, you know what I'm saying, on that one. Love Love it. So, uh, I'm wondering what can, what can fans expect from you? Are there any, uh, I know you just dropped a, a, you know, a new album recently, but are there any uh, projects or collaborations that you're excited about in the upcoming months that, you know, uh, fans should be looking forward to? Um, man, I have tons of music, tons of incredible music, tons of incredible art coming out. Um, as far as expectations, man, expect nothing and just be grateful and appreciate everything. That's the best way to go about it. Here's a, uh, a personal question I have for you too. So what's your good opinion company? Is it a nonprofit or a record label or are there two different, two different things there? So I have a nonprofit and I have an LLC. I don't own a record label. Um, I don't sign artists. I'm not signed to my own record label. Um, it's just a business. It's a company, you know, that we do a lot of dope shit under. It's not really um, pigeonholed into one specific thing. Uh, do you have a manager? Because I did appreciate how I got to communicate directly to you. Uh, you know, I was supposed to interview OMB Peasy last, last week and end up having some things with his manager where he ended up missing the interview, but it was a pleasure, like, talking directly to you. Do you have a manager or do you just, you know, handle everything directly? Um, I'm self-managed, but I do have a team of people that, that bring things to the table and some, and I have extra eyes that see these things. So sometimes something will come to me or it'll go to Tiet or it'll go to Millie or, you know, um, yeah, but I am self-managed. So I, I heavily handle a lot of things myself, but it is a group of us that kind of coordinates and move things wherever I need moved. Is that tough, uh, handling everything yourself? You know, I, I do want to kind of talk to speed on, like, delegating. You know, one thing as a boss, there's some things that I, I struggle with, delegating duties, you know, to the, to the right people. Uh, is that something you struggle with, or how is, that, how is that being a boss and handling everything and delegating duties? Um, uh, initially, it was tough because I was so used to doing everything myself, but now I have people that I trust that I can really rely on. So delegation is actually pretty fun to me because I, you know, I get to give other people an opportunity to build their brand and to make some paper. Um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a tough thing at all. You know, the things that you feel like doing, you do. And the things I don't feel like doing, I hand off to someone else to do. There is a, it's a simple process. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Now I, I'm, I'm going to go off topic here on a couple of these questions. Uh, What's your favorite food? I know you're from Cali. What type of food do you like? Um, ramen is probably number one. And then I'm going to go with Indian. Probably. From... No, no, no. Not top ramen. Like ramen, like you go to a place and, and they put all the shit in it. Yeah, not not top ramen. <laughs> yeah, ramen, Indian, then, uh, after that, I'm 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 kind of open. I don't I don't I don't really. Those are usually my two first picks when we go on the road, and they like what you want to eat is ramen, is Indian, and then chicken. 
can you cook? You got any cooking skills, or you know, you kind of leave that to the ladies? Um, I don't be cooking. Um, I also don't be eating a ton of shit that I have to cook if I'm eating at the crib. Like, I'll be making acai bowls and smoothies and eating fruit and shit. And if I'm not, I'm probably eating out. So, yeah, I don't I don't really be cooking much. I air fry some shit occasionally. Gotcha. Okay, so we, the last couple of questions. Uh, I'm wondering, can you speak on fatherhood and uh, what has being a father taught you uh, so far on, on your journey? Uh, fatherhood is a gift. Um, it's taught me Uh, shit, tons. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to narrow that. It's really, it's taught me how to be uh, patient and mentioning it. Definitely how to be um, softer, how to be kinder, how to nurture, um, how to communicate, right? Um, to, to speak to a child, you have to learn how to speak in a way that a child could consume it and receive it. Um, yeah, it's taught me everything. Yeah, uh, my last guest was Charleston White, and he kind of spoke on, you know, uh, you know, he didn't know anything about being a good father or a bad father. He just wanted to be there, but just how, you know, his kids taught him. You know, kids, I hear parents talk about how their kids, you know, teach them how to be better, you know, just learning from the mistakes that they made, you know, uh, raising their kids and, you know, how they can be better. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think there are, um, I don't think there's a such thing as a good or a bad father, you know. I don't think there's a such thing, right? There are, there are some fathers that are much better than others, and there are some that aren't that great at it. But um, it, it's all based on your experience and your effort. Now for this last question, this is from our sponsors here at Greatness Vodka. Uh, they want to know, what does greatness represent to you? Greatness Vodka. Who owns Greatness Vodka? My boy Troy Brooks, black-owned business here in Wichita, Kansas. Troy Vodka. Got the peach cherry. An original flavor of vodka. I know you said you don't drink, but, you know, just black-owned business. Yes, sir. Big fan of yours, too. Big fan of yours. Hey, Troy Brooks. Shout out Troy Brooks, man. Black-owned Different, huh? <laughs> uh, what was your final question? What does greatness represent to you? Mm. Myself? <laughs> Greatness to me is just like um, um, awe-spiring, you know, jaw-dropping, like witnessing something that's like something that makes you say wow or that makes you feel like wow. I think that's greatness, right? You know, when we see certain players play, we're like, wow. And that always, that's the, that's the definitive of greatness, right? Everything else is kind of subpar. There's, there's, there's little things that make you say wow, right? And I think all those things that make you say wow, it's uh, it's greatness. No, I love that that ability to distinguish yourself. You know that difference. You know there's a difference. When, you know when we talk about greatness. No, so I definitely love that. And, you know that about wraps up the episode. But like I said, man, I appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule to see we're here today. So, like I said, season two, episode number five. You know with Vallejo, California rapper Lil Russell. Thank you for joining joining us, my man. I appreciate you investing in yourself, man. You put your money up and you went and did it the right way. You ain't asked for no favor. You built your shit. You booked your studio. That's how you do this shit, man. I'll see you in another, what, 50, 60 episodes. We're going to spin it back. Yes, sir. Hey, man, stay blessed. 
This podcast is sponsored by Greatness Vodka. They're a local black-owned liquor company here in Wichita, Kansas. You can check all the information in the description below.